The Bruins all stare at the referee as the puck goes in the back of the net and the St. Louis Blues on a David Perrault bank shot have a 2-0 lead over the Boston Bruins. This episode is being recorded on June 8, 2019. And that is another controversial call against the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Bruins here in Game 5. Welcome back to the N10 Puck Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Vesio, in episode number 16. And alongside me is Andrew Flager, as always. Andrew... What's going on this week? Raptors are up 3-1 to one right now in the NBA Finals. I said it last week, but Toronto and GTA is buzzing again. Uh, they could win it on Monday night at home. That would be huge. Toronto would go crazy. And obviously, the Stanley Cup Finals are still going on. St. Louis is up 3-2 to two after a controversial uh, missed call last game on Thursday night. Um, and there's a lot going on in the sports world right now. Yeah, and obviously, as also, you sorry, I just want okay, yeah, I want to mention ahead. that the Women's World Cup is also yep. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of have that pregame on in the background right now. I don't know if uh, our listeners have realized if they follow us on Twitter or not, but our um, our El Jefe, I guess, our president, our CEO of our, our website, uh, Jordan Whitney's big on gambling on women's sports, WNBA, and I know that he's also been or started gambling a little bit on the Women's World Cup. Um, and he releases picks on Twitter every once in a while. So keep an eye out for that. Follow him and follow us at the Breakdown Sports on Twitter. Yeah, that's really good uh, for betting. And uh, another betting story. Uh, Flager, did you win last week for your guy? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Sabatini like, just missed the cut for top 20. <laughs> I think I need to Google st- the standings quickly. I didn't do that yet. But um. I'm pretty sure he finished like 25th or 26th or something like that. So he just missed the cut. So what you're saying is you didn't make money. I did not make money. No, Damn. I lost money off that. Okay, well, uh, we'll move on from that uh, intro and we'll head into the hockey news here. Uh, the first news we're going to be talking about, I think it's a very uh, great talking point in the NHL and the offseason for this team. It's the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Flyers are set to make a big impact on the offseason. And they started it with a big trade, I think, in my opinion. Uh, the Flyers traded a fifth-round pick to the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for big centerman Kevin Hayes. So, uh, if you don't know who Kevin Hayes is, he's a free agent. Uh, he's not signed yet, so the Flyers have to get a deal done for him to play hockey for them in, in their uniform next year. Uh, Hayes was a very impactful player for the Winnipeg Jets in their stretched in the playoffs and in the first round. And I think he's a great player. I think he can play second-line minutes. Uh, to Sean Couturier, and I think that really moves uh, Claude Giroux to the left wing or right wing, wherever he can play, and uh, he's not going to be a center anymore for the Flyers, if indeed Kevin Hayes signs a contract with the Flyers. Keep going, Tyler, Sean roll. Okay. Um, yeah, so Cle- uh, Chuck Fletcher, their new GM of the team, said, I think we're going to be very aggressive in the trade and free agent markets in the sense of looking into every possible situation that can help us. And... Uh, so that started with uh, the trade with Kevin Hayes. Uh, the Flyers actually have $33 million in cap space this year, but they do have to sign pending RFAs, Travis Konechny, Ryan Hartman, Scott Lawton, Travis Sanaheim, and Ivan Provorov. So those are <laughs> those are pretty good players for their team. Uh, uh, Konechny is obviously a 20-goal scorer. Uh, Ryan Hartman is obviously a depth player. Uh, Scott Lawton's very underrated, uh, but he is a depth player for the Flyers that they're going to need in the future. Travis Sanheim's a young, great defenseman that's growing, keeps growing, and so was Ivan Provorov. He didn't have the greatest year last year, but he's uh, still comforting. Uh, he's still going to probably grow into his comfort zone for the Philadelphia uh, defense. Another I would expect go- three yeah. of those five guys to come back at least. Yeah, fire. yeah. Well, if they're all cheap, right? Yeah, well, which they probably are. Basically are, yeah. I don't see well maybe maybe uh, Provorov or Konechny get in the four million range, but I don't see the other guys getting close to like four million. So, um, but it, what another talking point for the Flyers is their goalie situation. Um, it's very tricky this year because Cam Talbot, who they acquired for Anthony Stolarts, uh, closer to the trade deadline, is a free agent. Brian Elliott's a free agent, and Michael Neuvirth is a free agent. So. I think that really nails down maybe the starting job for the Flyers next year. Uh, Carter Hart, a young goalie, 21 years of age uh, for the Flyers next year. I think that's a great um, 
start to his NHL career. Maybe they acquire a goalie in free agency, like Chuck Fletcher said, they're going to be active in. Maybe they get a guy, I don't know, maybe they bring back one of their goalies that are free agent. But uh, that really nails down that Carter Hart's going to stay up with the big team next year, and that's a very good decision on the Flyers. The Flyers also hold the 11th overall selection in this year's upcoming draft, so see who they select. Uh, and we are expecting them to make a lot of moves in the offseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Flyers could be an underrated team next year. I think no one will really see them coming. I think they could be like uh, maybe like a New York Islanders team. Maybe they might not make the playoffs, but they could surprise a lot of a lot of hockey fans. So mm-hmm. we'll see upcoming season. Jeff Skinner also signed an eight-year contract this week worth $9 million per season with the Buffalo Sabres. Skinner scored a career high of 40 goals this year. Um, but does this screw up the other contract? negotiations in the summer for the Buffalo Sabres? Uh, well, not even for the Buffalo Sabres. I was just writing that down in our notes for the RFAs in the summer. Like, Jeff Skinner's making $9 million and Nikita Kucherov's making $9.5 million. So, um, that, that's the, I think Nikita Kucherov's better. I, I don't know if you're, you're probably the same. No, 100%, uh, I think, yeah. So... For a guy who just got his first 40-goal season, and Jeff Skinner's a great player, don't get me wrong. Like, he's a great skater, great um, great sniper in the NHL. But to give him $9 million for eight years in his first season with the Sabres is pretty high. Uh, like Jeff O'Neill said on the overdrive, he said, I wouldn't have done the deal as well. Uh, just because, again, it's his first time scoring 40 goals. You're giving a player $9 million for eight years. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of term for a guy who just scored 40 goals. And... Jeff Skinner's probably going to play with Jack Eichel for the rest of his contract, I would assume, unless they acquire another player. But this deal is a lot to take in for the Sabres. Uh, they do have, I think, a lot, not a lot of cap space, but they have enough cap space to do some uh, free agent signings and maybe trades in the summer. But that's a big contract for the Sabres to take in. But they needed to do it. They need a line mate to play with Jack Eichel. Here's my take on that. Jeff Skinner in the regular season this year only had 63 points in 82 games. The Toronto Maple Leafs need to sign Mitch Marner this summer. Exactly. 94 points in 82 games. Does that mean Mitch <laughs> Marner's worth $13 million per season? Like That's what I was getting at. Like, you're right. No, I, I agree. Like, that does – it does kind of mess up contract negotiations. Players are – all over the league have been undervalued, overvalued. I'd say more overvalued um, than undervalued. But, you're like, this is definitely a hot topic right now. Like, a lot of contracts, even um, – mm-hmm. Someone else just signed, or William Nylander, for example. That was also another controversial uh, contract back when we signed him in, uh, I think it was December or January. Yeah, December. Um, I think he got 8.5, was that? No, 6.9. 6.9. Anyways, it was controversial because he literally skipped out on half a season. Uh, he was, like, obviously wasn't putting up points because he wasn't playing, but uh, some people kind of thought that wasn't his value. No one was really, like too happy about it mm-hmm. um but yeah this is definitely a hot topic right now across the league like players are getting overvalued undervalued and this could affect other contract negotiations uh, across the league well even in tampa bay Braden point scored 40 goals what's he getting like i mean tampa bay is like crunching for cap space they have to get rid of a lot of players and he scored 40 goals as well. So is Braden Point worth that much? Um, probably. But on the Tampa Bay Lightning, no. Because Nikita Kucherov is $9.5 million, And I don't think anyone else... I don't think anyone in the, anyone else in the NHL should get nine point five and over if they sign the deal before Nikita Kucherov. Like, even Austin Matthews, 11.6. I mean, that's, that's, that's all right. I think it's going to be good in the future. It's five years. But, again... 9.5, Nikita Kucherov is probably the best uh, point getter in the NHL besides Connor McDavid, and Connor McDavid's at 12.5. So uh, whatever money uh, is like McDavid worth, I think he's worth. So whatever. Uh, we'll move on to some other stuff because uh, that's enough for contract talk right now. Well, actually, we do have more contract talk. We do, but Anti not as Niemi. much. Yeah, not as big. Anti Niemi uh, agreed to terms on a one-year contract with uh, Helsinki and Finland. I think they're based in Finland of the KHL. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually know how to pronounce their team name, but all you really need to know there is uh, that Anthony Niemi's going to the KHL. Yep. Uh, I think we kind of saw this coming. Niemi's kind of at the end of his career. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm surprised how he didn't actually retire. Uh, but good for him that he's going to continue playing in the KHL. Uh, assistant coach news. We're, we're always bringing that up on the podcast. Uh, Mark Crawford has been hired as an assistant coach to Jeremy Colton for the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday. Uh, Mark Crawford went 7-10-1 as the coach, interim coach of the Ottawa Senators this season after replacing Guy Boucher on March 1st. Uh, Mark Crawford has a lot of experience in the coaching field. He's coached 1,169 NHL games and won the Stanley Cup in 1996 with the Colorado Avalanche. The Ottawa Senators announced Thursday that they hired uh, Jack Capuano as their team's assistant, or, or sorry, their team's associate coach. Um, he spent the last two seasons as an associate coach with the Florida Panthers. And before that, he was the head coach of the Islanders for seven years with a record of 227, 192, and 64. So that's a pretty good record. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to signings, but not as big as Jeff Skinner's signing. Uh, the Dallas Stars did some contract extensions uh, this past three days. Uh, Roman Polak signed a one-year extension with the Dallas Stars worth $1.75 million. Uh, this marks the fourth straight one-year contract that Mo- Roman Polak has signed in his NHL career. Matthias Janmark signed a one-year extension worth $2.3 million per season. He recorded 25 points in 81 games and three points in seven games in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. There's not much to say about those two. I mean, there's just... Stepped acquisition for the Dallas Stars. I have to mention it, though. Yeah. And another guy who's uh, booting the NHL, he's getting out of here. Uh, Andre Schuster of the Anaheim Ducks is leaving the team and has signed a one-year contract with Cunnilan of the KHL. Winnipeg Jets signed free agent forward Andre Chibisov. I yeah, got don't yeah. want to butcher that, but I think I nailed it. To a one-year contract. He had 20 points in, in 50 games last season in the KHL. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets um, are just acquiring cheap contracts so they can afford play, play their own players that they have to sign this offseason. Uh, they really much. like their imports there, I find, yeah. too. Like, they like their, their Russians and just a bunch of guys from overseas. Yeah, and it's not here on the list, but they signed J.C. Lapon, who's an AHL player, uh, to contract as well. So the Winnipeg Jets are just loading on cheap contracts because, again, they do have to sign a lot of great players on their team to long-term contracts, I would assume. So they're just doing that to be prepared. Uh, we found out that Eric Carlson had surgery on May 31st to repair a groin injury that he was suffering throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And the San Jose Sharks said the defenseman is expected to be healthy for the start of next season. Is Well, well there's another question there. Is he going to be in a San Jose Sharks uniform? Well, yeah, I was just going to say that. And... Honestly, maybe. Like, I don't know what to say. I can't see him going anywhere else. I think the I think he's a good fit in San Jose. Uh, I think he likes it. I think it it's really gonna depend on on money and cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he's had lots and lots of injury trouble in the past. Not just this season. Um, with the Ottawa Senators back when he was with them, I know yeah. he suffered a lot of injuries as well. So if he's asking for a lot of money, I don't. It depends on on what teams are going to offer him the money. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I think yeah. that's definitely going to play a factor there. Uh, I would like to see him back with the San Jose Sharks. I think it's definitely a possibility. Mm-hmm. What do you think, though, Thomas? Well, you just got to remember the cap space for the Sharks. They have to sign Joe Pavelski, um, Jumbo Joe. So I mean, Joe Thornton's obviously not going to get the type of money he. Um, is making now like he's obviously gonna get cheaper but i don't know if he signs back with the sharks that's the funny thing uh they also have to sign kevin lebank jonas donskoy gustav nyquist timo meyer the list goes on walking Joaqu- ryan tim heed those guys like that um the sharks have 24 million dollars in cap space but i think most of the money will probably go to either joe pavelski or timo meyer so the sharks are in for a big offseason in terms of signing their own players. So we'll watch out for that one. I want to mention these rumors quickly, Thomas. Yeah, big rumors in Leafland and uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Nazem Kadri for Jacob Truba has been out there, uh, obviously by a former NHL player, great NHL player, Sean Avery, uh, mentioned this in a video on Instagram. Um, I don't know if it's true, but it's been in the rumors uh, previous to that Instagram video. So Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs are... Obviously, great teams. They have great young players. 
uh, talents. Uh, the 2016 draft always, obviously was Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine, uh, one and two in the draft. And the Winnipeg Jets and Nazem Kadri and Jacob Truba are in the news again because I think both of the, these players would be a great fit on the other side of the fence. Uh, Nazem Kadri obviously would be a great replacement to Kevin Hayes in the second line center role. Uh, I think that would push Brian Little obviously to the third line. I don't think Brian Little's a second line player. Um, and then Jacob Truba would be a good fit because the Leafs need defense. And I think he's the defense the Leafs would kind of be looking towards to get. A good second unit power play guy. A good two-way guy in, uh, in the offensive zone and defensive zone. So Jacob Truba would obviously be a guy to look at. But he's a free agent. He's not signed. And I think that this guy can get probably asked for $6 million per year. So if the Leafs want to do that, they can do that. But they got to remember they got to sign Mitch Marner as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, both players, you basically said everything I was going to say. Both players would fit in the opposite organizations on the other end of the the trade. Um, I think the Leafs would really uh, benefit from um, acquiring Jacob Truba. He's a, a kind of a bigger defenseman, which the Leafs, they don't really have anyone that's kind of physical. I know Jacob Truba is more of a stay-at-home defenseman, I believe. Uh, he's six three or six. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's six three, and he weighs over two hundred pounds. So he brings some size there. Uh, I I would assume you think he would play on the second pair in Toronto. I don't know. Um, I would try and put him on the first pairing with Riley, uh, just because that's <laughs> Riley's probably like that's his probably best partner he's gonna get uh, in this last two years with the Leafs or three years with the Leafs, um, when they started getting good. But I would like to see Ron Hainsey um, sign a contract extension if he were to get a million dollars per season and if he was on the last pairing of the uh, Maple Leafs defense. But um, yeah, I would like to. I I'd, I'd, I would probably see Truba on the second pairing just because Mike Babcock likes to do that kind of crap. Uh, if yeah. Gardner, if Zaitsev is is indeed traded as well, we mentioned that last podcast, then he would probably uh, replace Zaitsev with uh, on the Muzzin pairing, the second pairing. So. We'll see. I guess we'd find out if the trade even happens. Yeah. Uh, but on the other end of things, though, Nazem Kadri, you you nailed it. Like you literally said what I was gonna say. <laughs> He'd probably play on the second line, I would assume. Um, even if he does play on the third line, I think he'd fit in there. He's he's a gritty player. Uh, that's something that the Winnipeg Jets need, in my opinion. Um, I hope this happens. I don't know how trustworthy of a source Sean Avery is. <laughs> That's that was literally the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that news coming from him, but I mean it has been talking all through so who knows if it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it happen to be completely honest with you. I'm not a Nazem Kadri fan, and I'm a Leafs fan obviously, uh, so I would like to see him gone. And I think Jacob Trouba is a great defenseman. Uh, before we move on to playoff previews, Thomas, that's all we have for news today. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a quick little ad here for everyone. If you're looking for a new fantasy draft to try this summer, check out ASLDraft.com. This is an all-sports league, and it's a draft unlike any other. It's a 16-round snake draft where you select two teams in eight major sports, any team, any time, for a league that lasts and gives you a rooting interest all year round. There's no lineups to set, no salaries to figure out, just a fun draft for big sports fans, and everyone can play it. Again, that's ASL draft.com we think it's a great idea to go um join them at asldraft.com so go check them out and see how the all sports league works again that's asldraft.com and of course we have a promo code for you uh use our code breakdown spelled b-r-k-d-w-n in all caps and you'll get ten dollars off your uh entry for asldraft.com nicely said flagger uh Wheeling and dealing with the sponsors always like that. Uh, we'll uh, head to what do you want to mention something else about it? No, I was just gonna say like let's let's move on. Okay, well let's move on. And uh, we covered game one and two already for the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Blues and Bruins. So we will cover game three, four, and five. Um, do you want to start off with game three? You go for it. I'll sit back and relax and listen <laughs> to you. Okay. Uh, well, the Bruins uh, had a um, it was tied in the series one one. Uh, obviously, Carl Gunnarsson scored the game-winning goal, game two, and they went back to St. Louis, and the Bruins absolutely dominated 
the St. Louis Blues, and they won 7-2. Uh, in the previous episode, me and Andrew said, the Blues better come out with a good start. You know, they better come out. Uh, they're in front of their home crowd for the first time since 1970 in the finals. They're going to come out great. And no, they didn't. They were down 3 nothing in the first period. Um, so the Boston Bruins took advantage of the home crowd. And yeah, so it was a domination, pure domination. Uh, Bergeron, Coyle, Corrali, Pasternak, Krug, Achari, Johansson, all scored for the Bees. Seven different goal scorers. Talk about goal contribution on that end of the stick for the Boston Bruins in this game. Uh, Krug recorded a goal and three assists, and that sets a record. He's the first ever Bruins defenseman with four points in a Stanley Cup Finals game, which is very, very good. Uh, Tory Krug, I, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite defensemen uh, on my list if I were to make a list, but he's he has heart and he plays with a very good offensive ability. So I think Tory Krug's uh, going to be on that Bruins defense for a long time. Uh, the Bruins power play went four for four in this game as well, which is unreal. Uh, Blues goalie Jordan Bennington was pulled for the first time in his NHL career after the Bruins' fifth goal. Uh, he didn't look comfortable at all in this one and in the crease, and there was no help from his teammates in front of him, especially the defense in front of him. Uh, he had a .73 save percentage in Game 3, and the Bruins' fourth line, Bruins, the Blues' fourth line was unbelievable, and it was their best line in my opinion. Uh, they got in there, they got first on the puck every shift, and they actually scored a goal. Sanford, Barbashev, and Steen were grading this uh, one in the Ozone, and obviously Barbashev scored the goal. Uh, another talking point, Blues power play actually scored a goal, and it was a big shot from Colton Pareko. Uh, we mentioned a lot previously that they always look for that big shot, and it actually worked. So, uh, yeah, the Bruins... One time, out of, what, like 10 power plays? I don't know. Yeah, so... <laughs> Anyways... Right before Game 4, the Bruins lead 2-1 in the series. Sorry, we're on Game 4, right? <laughs> yep. Okay, so Game 4. Uh, the Blues won this Game 4-2. The St. Louis Blues had a qu very quick start in this game. Ryan O'Reilly scored 43 seconds into the game for his fourth goal of the playoffs. Uh, and then the rest of the scoring in this game, uh, goal scorers were Charlie Coyle, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, and Carlo scored shorthanded. O'Reilly um, scored again, he, his uh, second goal of the game, and then mm -hmm. Braden Shen scored uh, an empty netter at the end of the game. Uh, the Blues' power play was 0-3 for 3 and not looking good in this game, and they led in a shorthanded goal by a defenseman. On, on, uh, it was kind of like a, an odd man rush, a 2-on-1. Yep. Uh, the Blues dominated in the third period, though, outshooting Boston 13-4. to Jordan Bennington had a very good game. Well, compared to the last one, he had yeah. <laughs> 21 saves on and let two goals in and had a .913 save percentage. Uh, Tuka Rask, he's been amazing in this series and in the playoffs. He was great in this game. He made 34 saves with a .919 save percentage, uh, although the Boston Bruins lost. Uh, Zidane Chara got hit with a puck in this game, and he broke his jaw, and he did not play um, any other minutes of the game. Uh, he left the game despite being on the bench with a fishbowl on. Uh, and then heading into game five, Chara, that was like a big controversy. Was Chara going to play or was he not going to play? And then Thursday morning, we ended up seeing Chara come out to the Bruins pregame skate and he, he was uh, stitched up and yeah. he had his uh, jaw brace on. It was kind of, did you see that? Like his. Yeah. It was basically a fishbowl without the visor part. Because he doesn't kinda wear a visor. No, I know he doesn't wear a visor, but it was just kind of interesting. No. They literally, it looks like it was like made in someone's garage. They just cut a square <laughs> in the visor part of the fishbowl. It was kind of interesting. Anyway, yeah. so heading into game five, Zidane Char did end up playing. The Blues yeah. won this game 2-1. to one, Very controversial game. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> scored again. A minute, in, a minute into the second period on a very nice pass from Zach Sanford. Um, and as I just mentioned, there was a very controversial goal scored by David Perron of the St. Louis Blues after Tyler, Tyler Bozak clearly tripped up Bruins forward on the half or of the half wall, uh, Noel Akari. Uh, Thomas, yeah. what are your well, thoughts? Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into this one. This is a great talking point for us too. It's a penalty. It's a clear penalty. And the ref's looking right at it. Bozak turns around and he does the stance that any NHL player would do 
if they got a penalty. I didn't do anything, ref. Like, I, I like he throws up his hands saying, yo, like, I didn't do anything. I didn't trip him. Which, he clearly, knew. Me- which clearly means he-, he tripped him. Exactly. So, <sighs> NHL refs are horrible this year, and there's no question about it. And that just puts the icing on the cake, and it led into David Perron goal. But I got to mention something quickly. Or do you want to mention before I uh, say something I want to say about this call? No, keep going. Keep going. Okay, well, it's a penalty. And don't get me wrong. If you're listening to the podcast, don't get me wrong. It's a clear, clear penalty. But Noella Charlie still turned, turns over the puck. He still turns over the puck to the blue, uh, the blue's uh, blue line. The Blues defense get the puck. They shovel it over to, I think it was, um, Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly gets the puck to David Perron. Perron shoots, hits off Tory Krug's leg, goes back to David Perron, then he shoots it <coughs> on a weird angle on Tukarask, and it goes in. So it's a clear trip on Bozak, but he still turned over the puck, and the Blues ended up scoring. It was a big factor in the goal because Noel Chari was not in the play, and he would have probably been in the slot to either cover Tyler Bozak well so that the Bruins' defense could cover uh, David Braun even more. So um, it's definitely a factor in the play, but that doesn't correct the play that Noel Chari still turned over the puck to the, Bru- the Blues and end up in leading to a goal, but still a penalty. You can't blame Akari, though, on that. No. For but... turning over the puck. Like, he got tripped. Like, you yes. can't do anything about that. What I wanted to say, though, there was four Bruins players on the ice in the Bruins' end when the St. Louis Blues got the puck after that play, and they were just standing there staring at the ref, like, what the fuck, why didn't you call that? You had, like, They had to play that out. If they played that out, they probably could have defended that goal and prevented that from happening. But when there's four guys looking like confused ducks out there, like, why didn't you call that shit? Like, what do you expect? It was. I'm pretty sure it was a two-on-one. It was a mini two-on-one. Um, yeah, it was kind of like, well, I guess it wasn't really an odd man rush, but it no. was kind of a small two-on-one. Um, and it led to a goal. Like the Bruins should have played through it. You can't let the refs. I know it was. Don't get me wrong. It was a terrible yeah, missed call. Terrible. Mm-hmm. I know how Bruins fans feel because I'm a Saints fan. Um, I don't yeah, want to yeah, talk well, about that. You know a lot about that. <laughs> championship. But anyways, um, as I was saying, you can't. You have to play through the refs. The refs are gonna miss calls. They're gonna make bad calls, and you have to play through them, especially when you're this far in the season. Stanley Cup Finals. Do you think the Bruins would have been playing through that uh, in that situation? And maybe they could have prevented the goal. Don't get me wrong, though. That was a terrible missed call. Even Cam Neely, I saw, he threw his water was, ball yeah. up in the press press box. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's go back to our breakdown of this game. Yeah. Well, so after, um, after that goal, Jake DeBrus cut the lead in half on a, a pretty nice one-timer assisted by Tory Crew. Jordan Bennington played unreal in this game. Yeah, very, very. He played amazing. He he should have. I think he might have even been the first star in this game. Um, he had 38 saves with a .974 save percentage, and the Bruins outshot the Blues 39 to 21. So Bennington really kept the Blues in the game. Yeah. In uh, in game five, uh, the Blues had 38 faceoff wins while Boston only had 26, and 19 of those 38 wins for the Blues came from Ryan O'Reilly. Unbelievable, Ryan O'Reilly. I just want to talk about him for a second because he has been on lights out for the Blues in this series in the Stanley Cup final. He has six, we we mentioned it before, he has six points in uh, five games in this series. Obviously, he's been a (laughs) really contributional factor in this series for sure. Look at the faceoff wins 19 out of 38. Unbelievable, Ryan O'Reilly. And I just want to mention that O'Reilly is not as good as Crosby, and I don't think he ever will be as good as Crosby, but he reminds me of Sidney Crosby in the sense that Ryan O'Reilly can play with anyone, and he can make them better. He could up their game. He plays with Zach Sanford and David Prawn. Don't get me wrong. David Prawn's a very good NHL player, but he, I think Ryan O'Reilly makes him an even better NHL player because he allows David Prawn to get space, and he allows Zach Sanford to get space. Zach Sanford is known for his hitting and a big uh, physical body, he, on that goal, on Dave, uh, Ryan O'Reilly's goal in Game 5, I think wait, it was Game 5, right? Yes, it yeah. was Game 5 in the minute in. Um, he made sure Ryan O'Reilly had space to get the puck and make a nice move on Tukaras by hitting the player and making a beautiful pass in the corner. 
Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, again, you can play with anyone. He's played with multiple forwards on the Blues this year. He's played with Sammy Blaze, he's played with Patrick Maroon, Alex Steen, Vladimir Tarasenko, you name it, through their whole lineup. And he's been the same player for the Blues all season. He's been their best player, and he's maybe been their best player in the Stanley Cup Finals. And we'll talk about that later with our predictions, but I think Ryan O'Reilly's very underrated, and he reminds me of a Sidney Crosby in the sense that you can play with anyone. You know what? I never thought of it like that, but I think you nailed that take, and I, I, you convinced me. Like honestly, now that I think of it and I look back, you're right. Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, he's not as good as Sidney Crosby, but that's a good comparison. He definitely makes the players around him better than what they are. I guess you know what I mean. Like they, yep. he helps them put up points. Yes, basically. And not to mention, he's very good two way player. So well, yeah, that's what he's known for. He's exactly. uh, not only his off offensive production but his, his defensive play mm-hmm. uh, he's probably been one of my favorite players in, in the Stanley yeah, Cup finals 100%. anyways uh, I want to talk about Barbashev who got so. suspended one game for a hit to the head of Marcus Johansson yeah uh, Thomas I'm assuming you saw the hit yeah uh, I want to hear your take on this well I clearly saw the hit live I clearly saw the hit live uh, I guess the referees on the ice were doing their job <laughs> to to um, prevent prevent concussions and prevent a stupid controversial game, which happened, uh, they did not see it. And although Marcus Johansson wasn't uh, injured on the play, maybe he was, but he wasn't. I don't think he went to pro- uh, concussion protocol on this one. But that's a clear penalty by Barbashev. And again, we we mentioned this in game. What was it? Game two when Sunfist got yeah game two when Sunfist got the penalty. Actually, it was not a penalty. Sunquist didn't get penalized. Barbashev doesn't get penalized. And then after the game, they get suspended. Like, what are you doing? Please tell me. Yeah, that does if not look t- good. If you could tell me, Flager, if you could tell me what happened, like, what, like, why? Why is this I, happening? That wasn't the first time in this game where Barbashev hit someone in the head either. There was a play I remember in the, I think it was in the Bruins end when Barbashev was on the four check. And he kind of, I don't think that one should have been a, no. a, a suspension at all. It was a clean hit. It just, it was kind of fluky that Barbashev ended up hitting the head of, I think it was a, a defenseman for sure. I don't remember exactly who it was right now. Can't name him off the top of my head. But Barbashev did hit someone else in the head in this game on Thursday night. And um, he didn't get penalized for that. And I know Bruins fans and the Boston Bruins bench was going crazy for that hit. Um, Like, kind of like, what the hell? Like, why didn't he mm-hmm. call that ref? But then there was this one, and this one was pretty bad. Uh, like, come on. If you want to listen more about referee rants, just go listen to our last episode because we went off. I don't, I'm sick of freaking ranting about the refs in the NHL. They're they've just been terrible in the Stanley Cup final, or not just the Stanley Cup finals, but the All Stanley season. Cup playoffs. Yeah, they have been terrible. It's unbelievable. Just super inconsistent, missing calls left, right, center. It's bad, man. It's not looking good for them. I, man, what like I I can see a bunch of these guys getting booted down to the HO. It just it doesn't look good when a player when you miss a call like that. Exactly. There you said it. Yeah. And then he gets suspended after yeah. the game. The NHL decides to suspend him. Like doesn't look good. That's no. not the first time we saw that happen. I don't remember who it was who just got suspended the Sunfist. last suspension. Yes, like you just you mentioned it before. I remember Sunquist the exact same thing. Like. Come on! What are you doing? Get your head out of your ass! Like and that, well, Ivan Barbashev is on the fourth line of the uh, Blues, and that's the second fourth line player for the uh, St. Louis Blues. It's got suspended this game for one game. Uh, obviously, Sunquist in game two on Matt Grizzlick, and now Ivan Barbashev on Marcus Johansson. And yeah, I would I would rant and rant about this again, but we've already done that. That's clear penalty. And I mentioned to my brother right when the hit was made, it's a penalty. It should be a penalty. Arm didn't go up. No penalty. And then I said, you know what? He's going to get a personal hearing. Got the personal hearing. And he gets one game suspension. Yeah. Um, you, sorry, you nailed it. I, I want to go off topic for a second here. And I just want to talk about the St. Louis Blues forecheck. Because the Blues forecheck hard. I think they're wearing the Boston Bruins down. Especially Barbashev. He... When he um four checks, he he lays the body. He he really beats um Boston Bruins defenders up, and their four check I think has been a big part of their success in this series. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know your thoughts on their forecheck, no, but agree. man, like that's definitely been their strength. They kind of uh, play dump and chase a little bit, and they just like to to be physical in the corners and try to get the puck back. And their forecheck's just been amazing. Yeah. It's it's really surprised me. And they they, they picked their forecheck up since yeah. uh, game one of the series. Yeah, and to quickly mention the fourth line, if the fourth line's not scoring for the Blues, they're either hitting you, they're either they're either doing controversial hits or they're doing something else to nail the Boston Bruins uh, defense. And you you mentioned it perfectly. Like, their forechecks unbelievable. I think it's one of the best forechecks in the NHL I've seen in the playoffs. And they're obviously wearing tearing the Boston Bruins defense down. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about, but it literally just escaped my mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, my bad. So the um, Boston Bruins top line mm-hmm. um, of David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron and uh, Brad Marchand. I'm pretty sure they haven't put up an even strength point at all against the Blues in this series. So they've been very quiet. I'm pretty sure they have. Uh, I need to double check, but I'm pretty sure they do have a couple power play points. I think they have like three points combined or something like that against the Blues in this series. They've been really quiet, and I think if the if the Boston Bruins want to come back and win the cup, come back in the series and. And eventually win the cup. I mm-hmm. think uh, we need to see a little bit more production from this line. Well, I'm. I don't think they have three points combined because I just looked at the stats and, um, they. But they've have been quiet. Like they, they haven't been their best. Like they haven't been showing that it's the perfection line. And we mentioned that when they advanced the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Game Four against Carolina Hurricanes, we mentioned that they are the perfection line. I think they are, but they haven't shown in the finals yet, and it's kind of. I, we kind of want to see it because they're a great line, and Brad Marchand's a great player. David Pasternak's a great player. Chris Bergeron's a great player, but they haven't been great in their performances yet, and we'd like to see some consistent scoring. And the Bru- Bruins fans need to see consistent scoring because they're on the brink of elimination in the finals against the St. Louis Blues, so they want to push it seven in their home crowd, and uh, yeah, they need to be better. Uh, Thomas, let's talk about Con Smythe predictions for a second. I want to know if you... Pick a player from both St. Louis and Boston. I want to know who you're taking for the Conn Smythe from both teams. Okay, so the Conn Smythe is awarded to the best player throughout the playoffs for their team. And do we want to do that route, or do we want to do the route that it's their best player in the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, no, how it's actually awarded. Okay, so throughout the um, playoffs. My award winner for the Blues, if they do and hoist the Stanley Cup on Sunday night in front of their home crowd, would probably be one of Jaden Schwartz or Ryan O'Reilly. Because we know Schwartz is a great player. He scored two hat-tricks in this playoffs. And yes, he hasn't been doing a whole lot in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, He has two points, and that was in the first two games of, uh, um, of the Finals. But Jaden Schwartz is still a good player. He hasn't recorded a point in three straight games in the finals. But he had a great stretch of games before he before the Blues advanced. And I think Jaden Schwartz, he's a plus eight. I think that leads the Blue the Blues. Yes, it leads the Blues and plus minus. And he's been a great factor. I mean, he hasn't scored, but whatever. That's it's awarded to the best player throughout the playoffs. So um, I think he's been one of their best players. And Ryan O'Reilly. Um, we literally just mentioned he's been unbelievable. Six points in five games for the Blues. Twenty points in twenty-four games in the in the, in the playoffs. He is a minus one, but that has to do with his. Um, he plays a lot. He plays a lot of minutes, and he plays a great two-way game. And he plays against the Boston Bruins' best pl- um, best players, and against other teams' best players throughout the finals. And on the Boston side, I think it's probably Brad Marchand. Um, he's been a factor throughout the whole playoffs, and he's been getting points. He has. 21 points in 21 games, almost a point per game. And I think he's been great throughout the whole playoffs. How about you? Yeah, I like I like both those predictions. I definitely agree with Ryan O'Reilly. Um, on the Boston Bruins end, though, oh, I... Oh, wait, 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 sorry. Tugarask, sorry. I meant, I, I meant Tugarask. I, I was just going to say... Yeah, sorry. yeah, I was going to say, I would go with Tugarask, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah sorry. Because, first of all, he's leading... All goaltender, well, all NHL starters right now in goals against average in the playoffs. Uh, he's got a 1.97 goals against average, which, which is very good in my opinion. Um, his record is 14 and 8 in the playoffs. His save percentage is pretty good too, 0.937. And he has two shutouts in the, in the playoffs as well. 
he's definitely been a huge reason why the Boston Bruins are still have made it this far. Um, and he's yeah. kind of like we saw um, last game, for example, in uh, or sorry, not last. Game, I think it was in game four. He had like I need to double check our notes. He had 34 saves, for example, mm. even though um, the Bruins lost that game four to two. He really like he he did kind of stand on top of his head for the for the Boston yeah. Bruins. That could have easily been like a six two game. The Blues were all over uh, the Bruins for most of that game. Uh, St. Louis Blues Blues end though. I I definitely agree that Ryan O'Reilly would be my Conn Smythe winner. Um, he's just like he's just by far he's one of the best players in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, he does it all both ends of the ice. I, I agree with your pred- prediction there. Yeah, but um, like, I know you said Brad Marchand. Yeah, the, no, I meant I meant. To but and then you, and then I know you changed your prediction to Tuka Rask. But even if Brad Marchand does get the Conn Smythe, if uh, the Bruins end up winning, I I think that's that's not bad. It's not a bad um no, pick no. either. But my only thing about Brad Marchand is he's he hasn't um produced really in the Stanley Cup final. He has. I think he has three points in five games right now, which isn't – it's not, like, outstanding. It's still decent. Um, He has a goal and two assists. He's a minus three. That's not a bad prediction either, though, so. No, but I'm – like, if you uh, – in the past, if you've already listened to that part, just skip to this part because I, I completely forgot about Tuka Rask. He's been – it's been unbelievable. He's made, I think, over 30 saves, like, three times in the finals, and he's – he he actually looks very like he looks like Carey Price. He looks very calm in the net. He doesn't. He's not getting frustrated as he used to because remember when he started raging and getting pissed off when people would hit him. David Perron's been face to face with him I think three times and he has not said. I don't think he's really reacted as you would have thought he did in the past. And Tukaras looks very very comfortable in his net. And yeah, his record like is fourteen and eight, and he has two shutouts, one point nine seven goals against average. 937 save percentage which is incredible and yeah he's my con smith i no 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 um no loss to brad marchand here but like your goalie has been unbelievable so i think yeah, yeah to grasp definitely and then you could i mean probably not but you could argue that jordan bennington could win it as well uh but mm. looking at his stats right now like they're just not great Definitely not as good as Duke Rask. No, exactly. Um, but I would definitely go with Ryan O'Reilly probably for the Blues. Um, it's also controversial too because Jordan Bennington, in that seven-two loss for the Blues in game, I think it was game three, two yep, or three exactly. last three. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, like he didn't look good. I know he bounced back from that after, but he needs to perform consistently to win this award. Exactly. That's why I don't think Bennington could win it. Yep. So I agree. Ryan O'Reilly and Tuka Rask will be my predictions and. That's probably yours too. I know you said yeah, Ryan, maybe Ryan Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, maybe. Well, there's a lot of good players in the series, and I mean, obviously, you're gonna have your dry spouts in the playoffs, and probably Jaden Schwartz has hit that in the finals where it's needed most. But he's been good through the uh, throughout the playoffs, so that's why I'm gonna pick him. But O'Reilly, I think for me, is like top number one, and Tuukka Rask is number one on the other side as well. Uh, let's also give predictions for who's going to win the cup, I guess. We know the Blues are up 3-2 to two in the series right now. Uh, game six yeah, is going tomorrow. back to St. Louis. Could they win the cup at home? Who Do you, do you think Boston will come back? It's tough to say. Um, the way the Blues are playing, it doesn't look like they'll win game six because they got outshot heavily. In game five, they, I guess people could say they won on the controversial calls that they, um, that they didn't call on the Blues, um, and the four and we mentioned the first line hasn't been good for the Bruins. Uh, they definitely have to be better. And I think they will be. So, but the last time we made a prediction, it went horribly wrong because the Blues absolutely got killed on home ice. Um, but I can see the Bruins winning Game Six. I could, I could definitely see, um, Tukaras putting up a great effort again and. The Bruins' offense coming to life. Um, yeah, I think this might go seven, and I want to see seven because we haven't seen Game Seven since the Bruins made the finals versus the Vancouver Canucks in two thousand eleven, which would be nice to see. Uh, like I said, if the Blues keep playing like this, they're not going to win uh, Game Six. But I think maybe they can win the Cup. 
they just have to be better, and Jordan Bennington has to be stellar again with a 30-save uh, game in Game 5. But uh, Blues need to be better defensively, and the Boston Bruins need to be, be better offensively. So uh, we'll see tomorrow night. Uh, I'm thinking that this is also going to go to Game 7 because I, I think the Blues – I do think the Blues are going to win the Cup. I will say that. But the way they have been playing, like you mentioned it, I don't think uh, – I don't think they're going to win the next game. I think Boston's going to come out hard. They know it's a do-or-die situation for them, so I think the Boston Bruins are going to win that game. I'm probably going to bet them, too, <laughs> especially if the money's good. Um, I mean, if the odds are good on their end of things. But I was listening to a podcast earlier on in the week. I don't remember. I listened to a lot of podcasts, so it was either Overdrive, maybe Spin Chicklets, or it could be even maybe even Pat McAfee talked about it. Um, anyways... Whoever it was, I don't remember who it was right now, but whoever said it, they said um, it, it's going to come down to what city wants it most and what team wants it most. And I think the St. Louis Blues city wants it more than Boston does. Yeah. Because, I mean, they haven't won a cup, obviously. That's Boston it. has how many championships? <laughs> They're loaded with championships. They have so many rings. Um, they don't. They don't need championship. Um, and I, I think the Blues are going to come out playing with more heart if it does come down to a Game 7, um, which I think it will. And I, I just can't see them winning next game. I think they're going to lose next game. It's definitely going to go to 7, but I'm, I think the Blues are going to win in 7. See, so if the Blues win tomorrow night, I'm going to play this audio, and we're going to look like absolute buffoons like we did in the first round we predicted. No, but like it's, it's a good prediction, though. Because but it's not, yeah. Really, it's, like, yeah. It's like from what we've seen. Exactly. I mean, yeah. anything could happen. The Blues could come out and win six nothing. We exactly. don't know tomorrow night. Like we don't know what'll happen. No one knows. But based um, on the track record, we're gonna say we'll look pretty good though if it goes to Game Seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully it does, and I think the Bruins will take it there. So. You think the yeah. Bruins will win in seven? Well, I predicted the Bruins, so yeah, I'm gonna say the Bruins. Could well, win yeah, seven. true. Actually, you did. I mean, yeah, Bruins... we should mention that. Uh, sorry. No, continue. Well, no, the Bruins are masters of Game 7. Uh, obviously not against uh, Joseph Caruso's team, the Montreal Canadiens, back in uh, 20, I think it was like 2014? 2014. It was a while ago. It was a long time. Yeah, 2014, I think that was when they went on to the conference finals, lost to the Rangers. Uh, obviously not they were masters in Game 7 there, but uh, they're the masters against uh, the Leafs in Game 7 for sure, and we would know that. But they won Game 7 in the finals in Vancouver. They won 4 nothing. They shut them out. And if this one gets seven, I mean, like you said, whatever city wants it most is going to win the game. And not to say that the Bruins don't need the cup, but like if they were, if they were going to work hard, if their crowds behind them, if their perfection line is going to be perfect, they might win the game seven. So uh, we'll see. I think game seven will be Wednesday night. So uh, an episode of this N10 Puck Talk podcast could be next Thursday or Friday, depending on Andrew Flager's busy, busy schedule. Uh, we'll decide that we'll decide that later so yeah, yeah if you yeah. don't know already we are gonna record whatever whenever the cup is won by whatever team we are gonna have an episode the day after and we'll, we'll release it but basically it'll be out the evening after um, mm-hmm. the last game of the stanley cup finals no matter who wins the cup yep um so yeah so keep an eye out for that uh let's move on i guess to our last words before we do that, actually, I want to say, if you don't already know, Battle of the Buds, I have St. Louis winning the Cup, and Thomas has Boston winning the Cup, and we're both tied right now. Our records are both 5-9, uh, and nine, but 4-2 and two since uh, round two. Yep. So anyways, um, so this is basically the, the deal breaker. This is the tiebreaker. Whoever wins, if the St. Louis Blues win, I'm going to win Battle of the Buds in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Boston wins, Thomas wins. Yep, that's how it works. Uh, so we'll, that'll be to, to be determined. Are you looking to sign up with the online sports book for the first time or just looking to place bets through an online sports book? The breakdown has you covered. Check out mybookie.ag and use our code BRKDWN. Again, BRKDWN. And you will get a 50% off bonus on your deposit up to $100. That means if you deposit $100 using our code, you get $50 free. Again, use our co- code BRKDWN on my bookie 
now. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but we are going to be having guests coming up in future episodes. Yes. After the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup Finals, we're going to be talking a lot about contracts. I know we're going to have a lot of like diehard fans coming on. We might even try to have, um, like maybe some ex NHLers or pro hockey players come on. Uh, possibly that nothing's set in stone yet, but there is definitely a possibility there. Um. But yeah, definitely expect guests in future episodes. Yes, 100%. We'll definitely be talking a lot about contracts after the Stanley Cup playoffs are done. And maybe even like trade talk and free agent signings. So yes. Mm-hmm. And the be, NHL draft. Yeah. No, actually, there. yeah, even that too. There's going to be a lot to talk about even after the Stanley Cup finals are finished. So yep. stay with us. And obviously, check out thebreakdown.com for lots of more sports content everything from nfl uh, nba anything uh like we we cover basically every sport soccer premier league everything champions league i mean champions league is done now but any sports content you want to read about it go to go to our website thebreakdown.com and follow us on twitter at the breakdown sports Yeah, I think that's our last words there. I just want to mention that there's a ton of articles being sent out in the last week and this week. So go check that out, obviously, as you mentioned. And I also wanted to mention that um, I don't think we have a set set in stone guest yet. But if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, maybe look out for this because we are going to have it's not set in stone yet. But we might have a Vancouver Canucks, not insider, but a very diehard insider on Twitter. Um, <laughs> not uh, just, an insider, but a diehard insider. Like a, you know what I mean, like a diehard, He's a diehard fan. fan. He follows them. Yeah, that, that's what them. I meant. That's uh, what I meant. Yeah. yeah, no, that's probably gonna be our first guest that we're gonna have on. So, a little yeah, bit of a spoiler gonna... alert, I guess. Yep, and uh, another last words: Raptors, they're up three-one in the series over Golden State. Really hoping they could pull off the home game five win. That'd be incredible for uh the toronto sports scene uh the leafs haven't won in 50 years so this is uh this is the closest thing we're gonna get to that we haven't we haven't had a major sports championship since the jays Jays, yeah yeah in 90 i I don't even i guess that would have been 93 was the last one right yes i think or 90 yeah 93 so So, yeah this would be huge for us yeah we don't we don't win them usually so (laughs) 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 this is new territory for us um but yeah so hopefully we can win i think the Argos have won, and even TFC, but, like, I mean, those aren't big. Major sports. That, yeah, exactly. This yeah, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully they can pull it off in uh, Game 5. I think that's Monday night. So, uh, hopefully, when we record our new episode, they have won the series, and uh, we'll, we'll shall, we shall see. So, I think that's the end of the episode. Uh, episode 16 of the End to End Puck Talk podcast. As always, it's me, Thomas Fessio, and Andrew Flager, and we will chat with you guys whenever the St. Louis Blues or the Boston Bruin win the Stanley Cup.